Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office office chair, CBD MD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBD MD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Guys, today's show, we're recapping Monday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Eight games on Monday. Then we're going to do a bit of a preview of Tuesday's action as well. So let's talk about those games for Monday right now. The first one we take a look at is the Houston Rockets getting blown out by the Charlotte Hornets, 119-94. No John Wall, no Eric Gordon, no Christian Wood for Houston. Victor Oladipo scored 21 points, but as usual, he was very inefficient, just 39% from the field. He had six assists with three threes. He just continues to struggle with high usage and poor efficiency, and that's been basically how he's been in Houston. He's the 122nd-ranked player over the last two weeks. I am not convinced that he's a top 20, a top 50 player for the rest of the year. He just uh, <clears throat> He's just not right at all. He's just struggling quite a bit. Cousins only played 25 minutes. I think a lot of that is a factor of the blowout. 25 minutes, 9-9 nine and nine with three steals. He remains a must-roster player. While the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate had 13-4 and four with a steal and a block. Good percentages for Tatey. His upside's not particularly high, but he is the 130th ranked player over the last two weeks. The 24 fantasy points here he had were fine as well. And the Rockets have that great schedule. Three more quality games for the rest of this week. So you can add him and see how it goes. Sterling Brown appears like a guy that just gets stats whenever he plays. 28 minutes, 8, 7, and 5 with a steal. Nice deep league stream. While Daniel House had 13 points in 30 minutes in a spot start. And PJ Tucker battled some foul issues. Zero points in 23 minutes. Tucker has been horrendous. He is not even a top 200 player this year in fantasy. Of course, it goes without saying that you don't want him in 12, 14, or 16 team leagues. Benny McLemore scored 15 points. I believe they all came in one quarter. Didn't do too much more apart from that. Had four threes in that uh, 18 minutes, but he appears to be a fair way down the rotation or down the pecking order at this stage. For the Hornets, LaMelo Ball. Man, he's so good. The 53rd ranked player this year, Mallow, had 43 fantasy points here, 24, 7, and 10. Now, no steals and no blocks is not great. Seven triples, 39% from the field, 75 from the line. Now, he'd been shooting really well prior to this game. He still had a true shooting of 61% in this contest. I think he can be almost top 30, top 35 from here on out. I don't think he's giving up this starting spot as we move forward. He has established himself as, if not the best player, the second best player behind Gordon Haywood. Really good game. Strong game from Malik Monk as well. Two for two, two, two. Two threes, two steals, and two blocks for Malik, who had a Richie Benno. He had 14 points and five assists, picking up the slack with Devontae Graham out. 
He hasn't done that every game when he's had opportunities. He's had a couple of big ones and a couple of poor ones. He's more of a deeper league stream guy at this stage. But over the last two weeks, he has cracked the top 130. So that should give 14-team leaguers at least a little bit of info. Gordy Haywood had 19-5-4 and four in Miles Bridges. Another big rebound night for Bridges. 19-10 and 10 in 27 bench minutes. Um, he just keeps doing enough to sort of hang around. I wouldn't say that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. He's the 119th ranked player this season, which tells you that in a 12-team league, you're not going wrong by having him there, but there's a lot of ups and downs with what he does that it is hard to just consider him an absolute must-roster. Terry Rogier wasn't his best night, 15-3-4 with 28 fantasy points, and Cody Zeller was off his game somewhat too, 10-7 in 26. I think Kobe, Kobe, I think Cody remains a 12-team league guy, while Paul Washington Jr. was uh, not good. Three points in 25 minutes. It doesn't help that Bismack Biombo got back up center minutes, and we know that Washington really thrives when he plays at that center position. We need Biombo out of that rotation and his 10 minutes to go to Washington. I am still holding on to Washington at this stage, but he was outplayed by Bridges and by Zeller, and it hasn't been great since he returned from the foot injury. I am still holding him, though. Barely, but I am still holding him at this point. Let's go on to the next game now. The Toronto Raptors beat the Memphis Grizzlies 128-113. Kyle Lowry went out after eight minutes with back spasms. Fred Van Vliet was awesome. 39 minutes, 32 points, four threes, nine assists, and three steals. A perfect 12 of 12 from the line. Van Vliet is the fourth-ranked player over the last two weeks, really putting up big, big numbers. And Pascal Siakam was also pretty good here. 32-5-6, true shooting of 76% in this game. Another six assists from Siakam, which is something he has really improved over the past couple of weeks. And he has also he's also on a hot streak. 20th-ranked player over the last two weeks, really starting to put it together. And uh, Norm Powell, as a starter, was excellent. 37 minutes, 29.63s. Now, it's very empty outside of that. One rebound, one assist. 26 usage, 59% shooting. Um, I would be trying to sell high on Norm Powell because when uh, Ananobi does return, that's assuming Lowry doesn't miss time, but when Ananobi does return, Powell will find it hard to play this much, to have this many shots, and then apparently his uh, confidence disappears when he's on the bench. We've been trying to make guesses about the wiki Chris Boucher. Going up against big men, uh, you know, tough, burly centers, he might struggle. Well, he went up against Jonas Valanciunas, who was tearing his former team a new asshole. And Boucher played 29 minutes despite shooting 36%. He was a plus 20 in this game. It's going to be a roller coaster, but that is highly encouraging for Boucher's rest of season value. He is a clear must roster player. If he was dropped, make sure he's added. He had 12 and 10 with two threes, a steal, and a block. And there's going to be shit nights in there for sure, but there'll be good ones as well. Aaron Baines had seven and six in 19 minutes, while DeAndre Bembry started in place of Lowry in the second half. He had six points with two steals, and he's probably getting more minutes than I expected, but I wouldn't say that there's any real sort of fantasy value with Bembry at this point. For the Grizz, Valanchunas, just an absolute monster. 34 minutes, 27 and 20 with a steal and a block. First game back starting after being out with COVID. 92% from the line, 67 from the field. Just big numbers from Valanchunas who has been dominating, um, was dominating in this game. He is the 47th ranked player this year. I'm not sure how his minutes go or how the usage looks, but this Grizzlies team, I just not, when are they ever going to be healthy? They were missing Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, Justice Winslow. That's four rotation players. So how making judgments on this team is really, really hard to do. Ja Morant continues to be underwhelming. I had him in the buy low show earlier today. He had 18 points on 29% shooting, but at least he hit two threes. At least he got nine assists and he had a steal, but he's definitely not that same guy we saw to begin the year. 
Uh, I think he's a, a buy low guy, as I mentioned. <clears throat> Dylan Brooks. Big game from Brooksy. Really good. 22 points, four threes, one steal, two blocks. Shooting percentages weren't great. 51% true shooting is pretty rough on 27 usage and 37 minutes is a lot. Um, I would love for them to move him to the bench. I'm not convinced that they do. And a game like this would tell me that they probably won't, which is unfortunate. I think he's more of a points league guy rather than a 12-team category league player. He had 38 fantasy points here. Nice game from Kyle Anderson, but all those names that I mentioned, Jackson Clark, Melton, Winslow, they're all going to have an impact on Anderson. He had 15-4-4 with a triple one, which is really good. He's the 96th ranked player, which is really good. I don't see how it lasts at all as the season moves on. So for now, there's value there, um, but I don't know if it's going to maintain. Desmond Bain started. Awesome. Been calling for him to start for a long time. 26 minutes, 13 points, three threes, three rebounds, three assists. Totally fine numbers. But the problem again is finding the minutes with Jackson, Clark, Melton, Winslow. How can he find 30 minutes tonight? He probably won't. Should they start him over Brooks? Absolutely, to get a guy that's actually a reliable shooter in there, but they probably won't do that either. Taylor Jenkins' lineup decisions in this game cost them the game. They were up big, and then they went to some absolute bullshit-type lineups with Jones and Conchar and Allen and Tillman, just ridiculous combinations that cost them the game. So my faith in Bain getting big enough minutes or Melton getting big enough minutes or Anderson getting big enough minutes um, to maintain 12-team value, I just don't see how I can have that sort of trust in those guys. Bain's worthy of a flyer at this point just to see what happens and see whether he can maintain that spot. But you know, Clark could come back next game and Bain's on the bench and playing 22 minutes. Love him in all 14-team leaguers, but 12s, uh, it's, it's, it's cautious for sure. Uh, Gorgie Jeng down to 10 minutes in this game with Tillman getting the backup minutes behind Valanchunas and you'd imagine Jeng is out of the rotation when Brandon Clark returns. Well, Grayson Allen played 21 minutes and had 12 points with three threes. Another solid performance from Grayson, but like so many of these other guys, there just aren't uh, enough minutes to go around for everybody, unfortunately, for those guys. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, InStyle Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisaged in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, the next game up for us to take a look at here, the Washington Wizards beat the Chicago Bulls 105-101. The Wizards were without Russell Westbrook, so they got the win. How many games have the Wizards actually won with Westbrook in the team this year? I imagine their record's pretty poor. Not saying that's a reflection on Westbrook, but at some point, maybe it does become a reflection on him. Anyway, they changed things up, and they started Davis Bertans and Rui Hachimura together. Bertans started out on fire, had 12 points in like the first quarter, and finished with 12 points. He played 38 minutes, so obviously minutes aren't a concern. 12 points with four threes and two steals, and really just an empty line otherwise. No free throws, 36% shooting. At least the minutes are encouraging. But I'm not convinced that he's anything more than a short-term... I'm not sure what the... 
Yeah, a short-term stream type player. I don't know. It's 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 very hard to get a grasp on where Bertans is, and finding threes off the waiver wire is yeah you know, a lot easier than finding other stats. Hachimura had a good double double, nineteen and ten. That's great, but still no assists, no steals, and no blocks. And this is when I talk about him not being a good fantasy player. His nineteen and ten looks great on the surface because they're the two big volume numbers. Nineteen and ten to double double. It's great. But he doesn't do anything in the other areas. So on the night where he has a stinker, where the shot doesn't go in at 54%, when he doesn't hit 80% of his free throws, then it ends up being 12 and 10 or 12 and 6 with nothing else. And it's not worth having to me in a 12-team league. I could be wrong on that, but I I just don't see it with him. And I think that's been the case for him over his entire career. They started Hal Neto, who was on a minutes limit. Okay, Ish Smith played 31 off the bench, 6, 6, and 7, while Alex Len played 21 minutes. Good numbers from Len, 13 and 7 with two blocks. Had some foul trouble, and that kept the playing time down. And Robin Lopez played 27. But I think holding on to Len is probably the right move at the moment. Let's see exactly what happens next game. Beal had 35, 5, and 7. Rough from the field with just 42%, but 93 from the line is awesome. And a triple one for Brad Beal, who has fallen off a little bit, the 24th ranked player over the last two weeks. 56 fantasy points, though, is a pretty good effort. Interestingly, Troy Brown back out of the rotation, as was Mo Wagner. For the Bulls, Dan Gafford, if he didn't get into foul trouble, I think it would have been a good night. 15 minutes, 10 and 5, one steal, two blocks. Now, he's been absolutely atrocious for the majority of this time. No denying that at all. But this was actually good. And if he stays out of foul trouble and plays at this level, that stat set has 12-team value. I'm not saying to go and add him at all, but I'm saying to at least watch it. And in a 16-team league, I'd take a flyer on him just to see. Because if he plays 22 minutes with Markkinen and Carter and Porter and Hutchison out, he could play 22 minutes. And that might have value. That might even push into 14-team league value. Levine had 35 and 6, while Thad Young had 14, 5 and 6, two steals and a block. Young's assist numbers continue to be amazing. He's a top 40 player over the last two weeks, and he's a must roster guy. Well, Kobe White, what are we going to do with Kobe White? 30 minutes for White, eight points, eight rebounds, and three assists. 30% shooting, no steals, one block. He's not a starting point guard, he, he just isn't. Now, whether they make that change and put Sadoransky in there, I do don't think they will. And White is only the 136th ranked player this year. I probably am still holding on to Kobe because I'm just not sure who the higher upside guy that's available on my wire is. But I don't have huge faith in him. Pat Williams wasn't great. 10 points on 29% shooting with two threes. But with all those injuries, he's at least worth having a look. And for 14-team leaguers, Denzel the Hammer Valentine is as well. Now, it wasn't a great night from Valentine. 11 points in 28 minutes with three threes on 31% shooting. But he's been playing at a high enough level that at least give you... um, Yeah, at least gives you some level of value um, to take a look at at him for 14-team leagues, I'd say, at the, at the bare minimum at this point. Next game. The Minnesota Timberwolves lose to the Mavericks. No Carl Anthony Towns, no Jarrett Culver. And then after just six minutes, D'Angelo Russell was out with left leg soreness. This is not the same leg that's kept him out with that quad issue. So we're a little bit worried about what's happening here with D'Angelo. Um, it might actually help the Timberwolves win games if he misses time, but it's not great for our fantasy team. Malik Beasley. I wasn't convinced that Beasley would have this large of a role, would be this level of a shooter, or would be 
almost inarguably the second best player on this team. I think Towns is the best player, and I think Beasley's the second best player. But he is. 30 points, 6 triples, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, and a block. He's been very, very good. I still question the decision to sign him to a contract and then draft a bloke in the same position, but maybe they can work together. They definitely work together all right today. Anthony Edwards had 41 fantasy points, 31 minutes, 22, 2 and 4, with 2 steals, 2 blocks, and 3 threes. And getting those peripherals, the assists, steals, blocks, hitting threes, gives you hope that when that 30% usage comes down when Russell and Towns play, that he can still produce value. He is an interesting upside player off the wave wire. Add him and let's just see where it goes. Definitely more value in points leagues, though. Rubio played 34 minutes with Russell out, had 7 assists and 4 steals. He can have value TJ McConnell style just from those categories if uh, Rubio has to miss time. And I think deeper leagues, you've got to pay attention to this bloke, Jalen Noel. 18 points in 21 minutes, a triple one. He looked good at the end of last year. He's looked good playing this year. I would say that he has looked better than Jake Lehman. He's looked better than Jared Culver. He's looked better than Josh Kogi all season. He's probably looked better than Rubio until today, to be honest. Not adding him in any 12 or 14-team leagues, but just keep an eye on him for deeper leagues. Okogi went moved back into the starting lineup, had 11 points, guarded um, Doncic, and did a pretty good job of it. He was plus 20 in this game, while McDaniels had six points in 20 minutes. I think we can drop Jared Vanderbilt, 22 minutes there, five and four, while Naz Reed had a bit of an ankle problem, but it was also just an absolute stinker. Six points in 21 minutes for Reed. Again, if you are looking to make a more longer-term move, Reed can be a drop. Um, and you can um, yeah, move on from him to grab a more longer-term type of option. Juancho Hernan Gomez, they said he may not be in the rotation, but he played nine minutes. You'd have to think when Towns comes back, he probably finds it hard to get in there. For the Mavericks, I had this bloke on the buy low show today. And then he dropped 27-13 with four threes and six blocks. This is what I was talking about, why he was a buy low. 65 fantasy points. We needed the blocks to start coming in. We knew the threes would come in at a bit more volume, and they did, and that's awesome. Joshy Richardson was a was really good. 18-5-8. and eight. Those eight assists had been non-existent for him this season pretty much. Still not convinced that he's must, must roster in 12 teams, but I don't don't dislike having him there. Timmy Hardaway had 24 points, while Doncic had 26-8-5. Pretty inefficient night for Donch, while Maxi Kleber had five points in 25 minutes. He's more of a 14-team league guy and a streamer for 12s. Um, he'll have the occasional big game, and then he'll have these turds. While Jalen Brunson added six assists, one of the better assist streamers who is available for you to uh, for you to take a look at. Guys, the Super Bowl is over. We're done. We're finished with it. No more football. But the NBA is here. NHL is going. College basketball. Where you can place bets there. And there's only one place that we trust. And there's only one place that has you covered. And that is betonline.ag. They also do TV shows, reality TV, anything you can name. Any sort of props that you're after. Betonline.ag will have you covered. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online are your online sports books sports book experts. All right, let's move on. Next game here, we've got the Golden State Warriors going down to the San Antonio Spurs 105-100. Steph Curry was great again. 32-7-6 with six threes on unbelievable efficiency. Well, Kelly Oubre. As he turned the corner, well, he's the 74th ranked player over the last two weeks, so I feel pretty comfortable in saying maybe. He is a must-roster player, 24 points, four triples, two blocks. It was an exercise in patience, but it is why we should have patience, and the same goes for Draymond Green. 
Seven points, but 10 boards, 10 assists, one steal, two blocks. Fibonacci Green didn't double his block total in this one, but the block numbers are way, way up. Now, some of that probably has to do with James Wiseman being out, but also Draymond has been a historically good shot blocker, and it just doesn't go away. He had like two blocks in 15 games or 10 games or whatever it was, and that just was never going to be something that stuck. He's still going to be a bad shooter. He missed both of his free throws and was 27% from the field, but he's the 51st ranked player over the last two weeks. You don't leave that on the wave a while. Wiggins had 11 points with five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. And Toscano Anderson, with the Warriors' good schedule, he's a great stream. Eight points, 11 boards in 29 minutes. Kent Bazemore couldn't keep up his heroics from last game, while the triangle Eric Paschal returned four points in 12 minutes. Uh, obviously, that's not super impressive from Paschal. For the Spurs, all right, let's talk about it. Maximum Derek. Now, everyone out there throwing shade at me on Discord, in the YouTube comments, on Twitter, on Instagram. Man, Derek White, he sucks. Josh, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. I guess ignoring the fact that I said it's going to be a few weeks and it's going to be rough at first. You can ignore the fact that I've said that 50 times. But also, he shot 1 of 11. If you believe that Derek White is a 1 of 11 shooter, a 9% field goal guy... By all means, tell me that I'm trash and I don't know what I'm talking about. But I can 100% assuredly guarantee you that he is not. It has been a rough start for Derek White with the shooting in particular. And this one was particularly egregious. And now he's not going to play on Tuesday. If he is dropped in my league, I will add him no questions asked. I have said repeatedly, I think he can be a top 50 player, but not this season. Because I think it's just he's had no preseason. He's missed you know, a month of the year already. He's got to work his way back in. It's going to be rough to start things off. He had two points, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. I don't think I could have been any clearer about any of this. And especially saying, I don't think that he's an all-star caliber player. I don't think he's an all-NBA player. I just think he's really good. He's underrated. And I'm holding him now, but it's going to be rough to begin this, this season. And I think all that's panning out at this point. So go ahead and drop him if you want. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do. Do whatever the hell you want. I don't give a shit. Do whatever you want. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to tell you what I'm doing and what I would suggest to do. And what I would do is I would add him if someone drops him. Because I know, I know he isn't a 9% shooter. I know he is better than this. Obviously. Very obviously. Tomato Rosen was pretty good. If you disagree with that, by all means. Put your money on him being a 9% shooter. That's great. But he's better than this. <coughs> DeRozan had 21, 6, and 10. Perfect 8 of 8 from the line. Let's talk positive. DeJounte Murray was excellent. 27 and 10. 8 steals. That's massive. 53 from the field. 83 from the line. Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to suggest to do with DeJounte Murray here, and you're going to hate it, but I reckon it's a sell high. He had 65 fantasy points, and I'll tell you why. Because I read fantasy basketball all day, every day. I see what people talk about. I see how people view people. And people love DeJounte Murray. They love him even way more than what his current fantasy numbers would indicate. And you could say that I do the same for Derek White, and that's fine. You say that. And I, I agree with that, that my um, future projection of Derek White is better than what he's done in the past. Fine. But the reason I say this for DeJounte Murray is that after a game like this is when you throw out the trade offers. Because there'll be someone out there who just absolutely hypes this bloke, and he is not a 53% shooter, 
eight steals is 100% unrealistic, and 27 points is not really... He's, he's not, he hasn't even been a top 50 player this year, Murray, which is fine. He's 61st. I think he jumped like 18 spots today. I think he was 78th or something before today. Um, so I think it's a sell high. But if someone doesn't want to give you a top 50 guy back in return, who cares? Write it out. Enjoy it. It was great. He was unbelievably good in this game. Like, very, very good. Probably the best game of his career. Fantastic. Jakob Pertl was pretty good as well. 14 and 11 with four blocks. And he didn't take a free throw, which is awesome for a bloke that's shooting about 20% from the line. That's great. I don't know when Aldridge is coming back. But for the time being, you got a roster Pertl. Paddy Mills had nine points. Keldon Johnson, yeah, pretty rough from him. I still believe he's a 12-team league guy, but now he's outside the top 110 for the year. It's moving into 10-team drop territory. The minutes are pushing down a bit for Keldon. I'm losing a bit of faith in him, to be honest, um, just with the way things are going at this stage. Not com- I'm not completely out on him, of course, but I am losing, uh, I'm just losing a little bit of faith in Keldon. I'm still holding, but... I'm, I'm a little worried about which direction it's going to go in, unfortunately. Uh, Rudy Gay had 11 in 26, and um, Devin Vassell, I thought, looked really good out there. But there's just not enough playing time out there for Vassell this year to be uh, the guy that we want him to be. Next game, the Cavs, the Suns. Um, the Cavs started Andre Drummond and Jarrett Allen together. The big avocado and Allen. 36 minutes to Drummond, 34 to Allen. I know Nance was out. I know Love was out. I wouldn't have done this. The team actually got out-rebounded playing these guys, and they struggled defensively together. Now, they only lost by six points on the road to the Suns, so it wasn't a complete disaster. Drummond was a plus three. Allen was a zero, so they weren't you know completely destroyed. In fact, the only guy who they actually got really destroyed in his minutes was Isaac Okoro. He was a minus 20. That's terrible for the 25 minutes that he played. I just not I just don't understand why would you play Drummond and Allen together. It's great for Allen's minutes if that's the direction we're gonna go with Love and Nance both out. But put Windler in there. Play Prince there. Uh, it's it's very confusing to me. Sexton, great efficiency. Twenty three points, uh sixty seven from the field, but still only two rebounds, five assists, only took one free throw. Definitely not as good as what he was to begin this year, Colin. While the big avocado had the 15 and 14 with three steals and two blocks. Apart from the free throws, a good game from Drummond. Strong from Garland as well, 17, 2 and 7, but only 33% shooting. And the artist formerly known as Torian Prince had 13 and 6, which is not bad, but he's only a 14 to 16 team league guy. Rough night from Okoro, 11 points in 25 minutes. He does not look like he's even threatening 16 team league fantasy value so far this season. For the Suns, Monty Williams was going to go small again. But then he heard that the Cavs were starting Drummond and uh, Allen together and went back to that formidable combination of Kaminsky and Ayton. If you think you have to match up, if you're scared of the Cavs and you have to match up lineups against them, to me, that's just so reactive. If I was a coach, I, I don't think I'd be that reactive. Now, I'm not a coach, obviously, but I'd be like, how about I just do what I do and have confidence that I'm better and let the other team adjust to me? Because it goes both ways. Oh, no, the Cavs have got Drummond and Allen out there. But you go, well, I've got small guys out there. Good luck to Andre Drummond chasing those blokes around the perimeter. It could get ugly. That's how I would be doing it. Like, oh, I need to change because Drummond and Allen are out there. Let's throw Frank Kaminsky out onto the perimeter. Now, it worked. They won. Kaminsky was a minus eight. Um, but you're yeah, getting a win without Chris Paul's good. 
Big game from Devin Booker. 36, 5, and 8. 52% shooting. No Chris Paul. He played as a point guard. Fantastic stuff. That's 19 assists in the last two games for Booker. It's trending around. But I did look into some of his passing numbers today. He's, getting, he's making the exact same amount of passes this year than last year. But his potential assist numbers and his actual assist numbers are way down. That just means his role in the passing chain in the offense is completely different. Now, it worked well here when he was the point guard, but I'm not convinced that this is a turnaround in his assists. Good from DeAndre Ayton to get 16 boards and three blocks, but two free throw attempts. 15% usage without Chris Paul. Get aggressive, my guy. Now he's you know, pushing up. He's the 68th ranked player, but top 20, he needs to average 20 points per game, and I'm not sure he's going to do that. Etwan Moore played 40 minutes. Yeah, he started in place of Chris Paul, had 17 points, four assists, two steals, and one block. You could argue that's almost the best game of Etwan Moore's career. I wouldn't be rushing to add him if Paul is going to miss time. Kaminsky had nine and five in 29 minutes, while Langston Galloway had nine points in 16 minutes, and Javon Carter had three in 19. Remember that Cameron Payne was also out. So the scenario where I was holding campaign in my 30 deep league for a game when Chris Paul was out, was obviously nullified because Cameron Payne was also out, which is unfortunate. No Crowder, Payne, Paul, Sharich, and, and Nadir. So they were missing a lot of rotation players in this game. McCall Bridges also had him on the buy low show today. He ended up with 22, 4, and 5, a triple one, and shot 80% from the field. And like when I talked about Derek White before, he was shooting about 7% from three bridges over the last two weeks. And I said, I guarantee you it won't continue that way. He was one of two from three, and the shooting turned around. And the steals are going to come in, and he was a buy low, but you obviously can't buy low after a performance like this unless the other person has no idea what they're doing. All right, let's move on now to the next game. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Nuggets on the road comfortably in the end, 125-112. Drew Holiday was out due to health and safety protocols. We don't know how long that's going to be the case for, um, but that's obviously yeah, going to boost the value of a lot of players, starting with the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. 31 minutes, 13 and 7, three threes, three steals, two blocks. I'm most encouraged by the 31 minutes. I'd add DiVincenzo if he's on the wire. Yanni had 30 and 9 with three blocks, while Middleton had 28, 29, 8 and 12 with three steals. He just continues to be absolutely amazing. He's the 25th ranked player this year, Chris Middleton. Bryn Forbes started. It wasn't DJ Augustin. Forbes had 15 points with three threes. We have seen Bryn Forbes as a starter in the NBA for many, many years. He will not be a 12-team league ad, nor will DJ Augustin. You can stream Augustin for assists. You could stream Forbes for threes if uh, Holiday is out long-term. And by long-term, I mean three, four games. He's not going to be out for months. But we just don't know the complete story here with Drew. But DiVincenzo, to me, is the big winner there. Bob Porter's 20 minutes, 7 and 6. Um, not great, but his body of work has been really good this year. I, again, I know I, I cannot... I know people just keep shitting on me for it. I just cannot get my head around the fact that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. Nothing about it tells me that he is, except for the fact that he has been. Brooke Lopez had 13 and 7 with two threes in 28 minutes. Therefore, back to Portis. Therefore, he is. Like, you just roster him. But I think I'm going to be sitting here in March. I hope I'm going to be sitting here in March and saying, I knew it because it made me feel better about not losing my friggin' mind about Bobby Portis. Um, but it wasn't a great night for him here. Torian, Torian, Tory Craig had nine points with three threes in 23 minutes. Hit all of his shots. Cool. That's nothing that's going to continue. Big Chungus. and 6. One of the underrated things about Jokic this season is usage is way up. 26 shots and minutes are up. 39 minutes. 
Also a big game from Farton Will Barton, who has not been a top 150 player this year, but 24 points, four assists, and two steals. I think he's still more of a 14-team league guy than a must-roster 12-teamer, but stream value in 12s is there. Mickey Porter started next to Barton. I'm going to tell you, he looks rough. He doesn't look good at all. Eight points in 27 minutes, seven rebounds, two threes, a steal, and a block. I guess it's encouraging that he looked this shit, and Malone still played him 27 minutes. But when Harris comes back, I am not confident in Porter holding on to these minutes. You still got to hold him in fantasy, but the top 50, I reckon, is in significant danger. The headmaster was bad. 11 points on 24% shooting coming back from that knee issue. He had four assists, but it has been a disappointing season from Jamal Murray, while Monty Morris had 12 points with three assists. Not a lot else to talk about there. Poor Millsap. Um, had 14 points in 30 minutes. He had three blocks and a steal, which is great, but he's more of a 16-team league player, while Jermichael Green only played 17 minutes. Now, Green's minutes had been trending up, but this obviously trends in the other direction, and he is only that 14- to 16-team league guy. Um, I worry a lot about where Porter goes from here. It just... He doesn't pass. He doesn't defend. He takes poor shots. Um... I don't know. I, I just, I'm very worried about where all this ends up for him on this Nuggets team. You can see there's obviously personality issues and clashes and play style clashes. I don't know. I'm, I'm just worried about what he's, because remember how good he started off? Like the top 25 player. But there's more that goes into it than like this guy can take anyone one-on-one. That's not how basketball works. Quite obviously, and Porter almost feels like I can take anyone one-on-one type of player, but not sure how positive the team impact is always going to be, unfortunately, for him. All right, let's go on to the last game of the night. The Lakers get over the Thunder in overtime, 119-112. Gilgis Alexander played 42 minutes, had 29-7 and 10 with a block. Massive from him. He... It yeah, continues to be, I guess, marginally disappointing if you drafted him in the top 20, but if you picked him in the top 30, I think he's about the right area. Darius Baisley, 42 minutes, 21 and 16, two threes. The most encouraging thing to me here with Baisley is he shot horribly, and that might sound contradictory, but the fact that he still had 42 minutes, 21 and 16 with two threes on 33% shooting is why I'm encouraged. I still believe he's a must-roster player. 41 minutes for MC Hamadou Diallo. Stop. Time. 41 minutes, 20 points, 11 rebounds, a triple one. Big numbers from Diallo, who at the moment is putting up 12-team-worthy numbers with Teo Maladon out and George Hill sideline. So you can roster him while Al Horford's big run continues. 14-5-3, two threes, a steal, and a block. He had a 26% usage. Only thought shot 30%, so not great, but uh, yeah, pretty good overall. Justin Jackson, 14 points in 27 minutes. This is the one Justin Jackson game. While Lou Dort is struggling. No, my son is also named Bort. Guys, Lou Dort is not a 12-team league player, and I'm sure you would all be stunned to know that Dort is having a worse fantasy season than Baisley. Now, that goes contradictory to the amount of people who have said to me, oh, Josh, you should have had Dort, not Baisley as your last round sleeper. But Dort is not a very good fantasy player, and he is just a deeper league player. I do not think that he has the level of upside that Baisley does, personally, um, from a fantasy perspective. On to the Lakers. They were without Anthony Davis and Alex Caruso, so Markeith Morris started. He did nothing, but he started. He played 26 minutes and had 6-4. and four, But it was Wes Matthews who really stepped up. 16 points, 4 triples, 26 minutes, 2 steals and a block. 71% shooting. Do not overreact to this. 
do react a little bit to Taylor Horton Tucker, who had eight points in 27 minutes, but another two steals and two blocks. And he's in 14-team league, maybe roster-type territory. Big game from LeBron, of course. LeBron James. 28, 14, and 12. Andy Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. And was 80% from the line and 50% from the field. He's creeping up and he probably is going to be top 20 after today. And he's the ninth ranked player over the last two weeks. It's been a relatively slow start, hampered by some poorer percentages from LeBron. But he is cranking out big numbers at the moment. It was also a big one from Montrez Harrell. 21 and 8 in 30 minutes without Anthony Davis. While Kyle Kuzma had 11 and 10 and only played 23 minutes, which is a little bit uh, disappointing. Dennis Schroeder had 19 points in 38 minutes against his former team, but shot 38%, including 60% from the line as well. Had a triple one with seven rebounds and five assists. Overall, not a bad not a bad line, but he's not a top 120 player so far this season. In a lot of cases, you can get more value from streaming out of that spot, but in some spots, he's going to be a 12-team league guy. It just depends on how you want to run your team and how aggressive you're going to be with a streaming strategy. Let's now have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Pat Williams up 34%. Josh Jackson up 29%. I think both of those make sense, especially Jackson considering the Pistons play on Tuesday. Williams is going to be up and down, but with all the injuries to Markinen and to Carter, uh, he's someone to look at. Kendrick Nunn up 18%. That makes sense. While Maxi Kleber up 16%. He was obviously horrible today, Kleber. I think he's more of a stream 14-team league guy. While Lou Williams up 10%. I think that's based on the big game that he had last time the Clippers played. I'm not reading into Lou as a must-roster 12-team league guy. In terms of drops, D'Anthony Melton's down 23%. Just too much of a, a, um, a squish on their minutes. He does lead the team in net rating, which nobody should be surprised about, but I just don't know if he's going to play enough. Quickly down 16%. That's reaction to the Derrick Rose trade. Rob Williams down 11%. Makes sense. He's just not playing enough. Alexander Walker down 7% out of the rotation last game, so hard to hold on there unless you're in a luxury stash scenario, while Royce O'Neal down 7%. I still think Royce can be a 12-team league guy, and I wouldn't be so quick to drop him. The monstrous line of the night is... Percentages. Chris Dapps had 24 points with 13 rebounds and uh, 6 blocks. Sorry, he had 27 points. So what did I get 24 points from? 27 points, 13 rebounds, 6 blocks, 4 assists, 53% shooting. He'd been on my buy-low list earlier today. Um, hopefully you executed something to get it because you're not getting it after a, a game like this. That happens so often that I put a guy on a, the buy-low show and then that very day he has a big game. Um, I think he can push up into the top 30 uh, for the rest of this season. And the rookie of the night, the same as the rookie of the night yesterday, it is Lamelo Ball, who had 24, 7 and 10, hit seven triples, tying a franchise record. He didn't shoot particularly well, just going for, what, 39 from the field and 75 from the line, but a top 50 finish from here on out seems almost guaranteed for LaMelo Ball. The top 10 players in category leagues for today, number one was Porzingis, number two was Van Vliet, number three was LeBron, number four was DeJounte Murray, number five was Middleton, six was Steph, seven was Valanchunas, eight was Big Chungus, nine was Siakam, and 10 was was Malik Beasley. And then for points leagues, number one was LeBron, two was DeJounte Murray, three was Porzingis, four was Middleton, five was Valanchunas, six was Jokic, seven was Malik Beasley, eight was Beal, nine was Van Vliet, and number 10 was Pascal Siakam. So that covers the recap there for all of Monday's action. So let's have a look now at Tuesday's games and talk about them right now. All right, let's take a look now at um, action here for Tuesday in the NBA, seven games on. 
Let's have a look at some injury news. The first game, the Nets and the Pistons. Kevin Durant is out. We don't know if Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be ready to play for the Pistons. So that would leave DeLon Wright with a lot of minutes. But DeLon Wright is also questionable. So what would mean then? Josh Jackson at point guard? Saban Lee playing a ton of minutes? Because even Frank Jackson's listed as questionable for the Pistons. Uh, Blake Griffin missed the last game, so he should return. While Kyrie Irving, who also missed last game for Brooklyn, he'll be back in this one, uh, listed as probable with a finger injury. Lots of uh, issues, though, in terms of injuries for this early game. The second game is the Knicks and the Heat. We don't know if Derrick Rose is going to be able to play. He is down with the team in Miami. Um, And how the hell that rotation looks, I have no idea. The Heat are going to be without Mo Harkless and Goran Dragic and Avery Bradley again. Um, while Gabe Vincent is probable. Nerlens Noel also questionable for the Knicks. The Rockets and the Pelicans, Victor Oladipo will be out of this one, while John Wall and Eric Gordon will return, and Josh Hart is questionable for the Pelicans, so maybe that means that Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets back into the rotation after missing out last game. The Warriors and the Spurs, we need to check on the status of LaMarcus Aldridge, whether he returns to action. Derek White will be out, while Lonnie Walker will return, and James Wiseman and Kavon Looney will be out for the Warriors. For the Magic and the Blazers, Alfarouk Aminu, the Chief, the OG. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He's questionable, while Michael Carter-Williams is out. Nasir, uh, Evan Fournier is out as well, while Lillard is back in. Derek Jones is probable, and Nasir Little is out. So with Fournier out, you're probably going to get Bacon and Ennis starting again, would be my guess. But that means more minutes as well for Frank Mason the third. so keep an eye on that. The Sixers and the Kings, Mike Scott is out as he is every single game, while the last game is the Jazz and the Celtics. Jalen Brown is questionable, while Mike Conley is out, so Joe Ingles will get another start there. Of course, Marcus Smart also is out for Boston, so that's how we've got those games at this point. Now, just a a quick overview of some value Fangio plays. I'll update this more on the pregame show tomorrow. I like Boogie Cousins a lot. I think Keldon Johnson's worth looking at. Joe Ingles looks great. DeJounte Murray, Nick Vucevic, Damian Lillard, Cole Anthony, uh, Kemba Walker, uh, even Steve Adams could be an okay play. Um, Jordy Clarkson looks great as well. Uh, John Wall at 77 also looks pretty interesting to me, but that is how the state of things are at the moment. Remember, look at my pregame show tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube as I go through all of the updated lineups, uh, ins and outs and questionables, and give more updated DFS value over there. Guys, that'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Hit the bell for notifications as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.